Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are back um, talking about typology today. We're going to talk about Jacob again. Uh, the Jacob story is so long, but it's so important. Mm -hmm. uh, as you said, just he's going to become Israel. Yes. His name is going to be it, changed. And be changed. so in that we see so much. And mm -hmm. so we're going to spend quite a bit of time here. But... Um, well, we also want to just thank everybody for listening to our podcast and continuing to give us the help that you do um, through your prayers and through your support. That just means so much to us. If you'd like to become a supporter of Eat Scripture, that would be fantastic. You can go to eatscripture.com and just go to our donate page. You'll see some ways that make it easy for you to do that, and we would be very grateful. Obviously, we covet your prayers. We love the idea that y'all are out there, and, and just to know that you're out there praying for us makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. And we believe this message about God's Word, about typology, about how to get closer to God through His Word— this just means so much and that the people of God are hungrier than ever for the tools that they need to just open up this word and, and get into it more and really understand what God is speaking through it. So that's what we're all about is really yes. equipping the people who want to know and who want to dig in here more and to really come into contact with God through his word, uh, which is what the word itself says we do when we enter into this word. Um, to help those people to do it just makes all the difference to us. So thank you. Now. Let's jump into chapter 31. Right. We kind of skipped over 30, chapter. but mm -hmm. it's just because of time constraints. It's not because there's not great stuff in there. Mostly right. what we see is God just continuing to bless Jacob. Yeah. While he's in Laban's household with yes. children and with property. flocks and property and yeah. just he's becoming more and more wealthy. Yes, more and more wealthy. And that is it because we're really starting to see this promise that was made to Abraham so long ago start, maybe start to come to fruition, right. we feel like, because Jacob's having a whole bunch of kids. And that's what we want to see because we've been told that there's going to be enough children of Abraham to to be like the sand on the seashore. So right. it, how, how, and until now, we really happen? had not seen that. Right. Exactly. But here's one man having 12 sons and a daughter, but by the time we're done with chapter 30 and, and also his property is just increasing like crazy. So God's blessing is on him by the fact that he just, anything he seems to touch turns to gold and they are all of his flocks and his herds are just increasing exponentially. So that's what and we it's see. it's obviously God. That's, right. that's Very what's obviously. so cool to read this. It's, it's not because he's so great. It's right. because God is doing this for yes, him. For sure. And so we get, by the time we get to 31 now, Jacob has been in Laban's service for 20 years by the time we get to the beginning of chapter 31. Right. So we've seen a lot of time pass here in a very short period. And maybe it's easy to read through this without really realizing just how much time has passed. But the fact is now Jacob's been in Laban's service for that long. So he's been living in with uh, near Laban's area and, and, 
becoming part of the family and then marrying both the daughters and then constantly growing his property and, and everything. God doing it through him, obviously, for 20 years. So now we get to chapter 31 and we're going to see what happens at this point. But Jacob's finally got in his mind that, you know what, it's time to go home. I shouldn't say he got in his mind. He's going to describe how it got in his mind. God, God himself meets Jacob yeah, and basically says it's time yeah. for you to time for you to get home right. or go back to the promised land, as it were. Yeah. Um, so sounds like there was some friction, um, some uncomfortability, yep. <laughs> awkwardness growing between he and Laban because... Mm-hmm. Laban is upset that Jacob has all this stuff. He's so yeah. wealthy right. and um, really surpassed Laban, yeah. I think. And um, that's causing some angst between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I think this might be a good time to let our listeners in on the fact that um, what we're kind of going to see in this next chapter mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, this whole chapter in 31 is going to mirror in large part, uh, just as we walk through it, it is mirroring, we could even say chapter 30 as well, mirroring the people's time in Egypt and then their exodus from Egypt, Israel as a whole. So remember, Jacob is a microcosm of Israel as a whole. Right. And what we're seeing here is... And it's his family, his sons, who are all going to end up in Egypt with their families. mm -hmm, That's true. Yep. Uh, Even Jacob himself so. will get to move there for for a while right. before he dies, um, right by the end of Genesis, by the end of uh, this book. And so this feels like a foreshadowing of that. Mm-hmm, it does. And then what's going to happen is they are, of course, what we know from Exodus chapter one is the people proliferate like crazy when they get there. They're just Israelites everywhere, so much so that the Egyptians get scared of them. And that's what leads to the whole Exodus event. God right. needing to take them out, take them back to the promised land and and Pharaoh and Egypt not wanting to let them go. Right. Uh, and Just so, like with the Egyptians, Jacob didn't come here uh, and he wasn't taken as a captive. Right. He came here willingly. That's right. He was yeah. uh, brought into the family. Mm-hmm. It was Everything was good. Mm-hmm. But eventually it turned into uh, more of a captivity yeah, type situation. Yeah, kind of an indentured servant. And kind that's of kind of what we see here mm-hmm. happening because I think Jacob keeps thinking he has to work longer for something that Laban has promised Yeah, him. and Laban keeps extending the time, so finding a way to keep Jacob attached to his service uh, right. all the time. And... So we see we've seen that over and over again. So that by the time we get to 31, God has continued to bless him all through the servitude time. God has continued to bring great blessings upon him. But it is now time for him to go. And God makes it clear that it's time uh, for him to go. So that when we begin, Jacob has very much come to terms with this and what God has told him to do. And he calls Rachel and Leah together to him in the field, it says, and starts telling him exactly what he knows that God has told him and what they're called to do. Right. It's time for us to go. And yeah. Yeah. So he said, and and he tells him that their father's been cheating him anyway. We see that in verse six and seven, you know, that I've served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages 10 times. 
but God did not permit him to harm me. So he'd been very clear with them. This is how your father's treated me. Uh, it's time for us to leave where we're supposed to go. But he basically throws it back at them with this idea of, you know, how do you, how do you feel? Um, and because God has told me it's time for me to go. Verse 13, I, uh, God said to God's Jacob is telling them that God said to him, I am the God of Bethel where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise, go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. He leaves it there. And then Rachel and Leah speak up. And they say, well, is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and he's indeed devoured our money. Right. And the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do. So right. they agree. So they agree. Yeah. We need to go. Right. We need to go. Which, I mean, I think yeah. the Egyptian... Uh, the people of Israel, when they were in Egypt, came to that conclusion too. I think they were very scared, mm -hmm. but I think that they knew, yeah, we want to go. Right. When Moses finally yeah. came and. Yeah. I think even with their fear, they knew, mm -hmm. yeah, right. it's time to go. Right. Right. So now that we've seen all this, now it's just a matter of them getting out of town as it were you know we should also mention here probably what laban means yes as a name yes um and we said this at the end of the last podcast the name of laban is brick or literally even this lbn as we would transliterate it in hebrew literally means make bricks it's the act of making bricks yeah. we saw that same hebrew configuration used back in uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 3, when we first saw bricks mentioned and the making of bricks, okay. which was in um, Babylon, which Correct. was in um, Babel, right. the Tower of Babel. And this is where people went so off track and decided to try and make a name for themselves. Guess what making bricks is connected with? Well, it's connected with the pride of humankind and right. trying to set yourself up to rule and uh, to be over your own self. And so we're not going to hear it translated as brick again until we get to Exodus. Yeah. Once we get to <laughs> Exodus, and all of a sudden, we're back in the bricks. And that's where the people of God are enslaved. But here, this LBN word, Laban, that LBN configuration is the exact same. And that would not escape a good attentive reader that, oh, Jacob has found himself in a sort of indentured servitude situation right. to a man whose name means make bricks. Oh my word. This is very, very telling uh, to what's really being yeah, alluded to in this passage. Yeah, yeah for very sure. Much. Big clue. Okay. So Jacob in verse 17, then he sets out, you know, to get his family ready, get everybody uh, on camels or whatever, get all of his livestock together, get all of his stuff together. And he's headed out of Dodge. This feels like I think they kind of did it in a hurry. Mm -hmm. um, right. Exactly. It has that haste. It right. has the whole haste uh, idea exactly. tied into it. Exactly. Which they what? did it while, while um, Laban was somewhere. He uh -huh. was shearing the sheep, uh -huh. I think. So he was away. Mm -hmm. um, not right there where he was watching them mm -hmm. all the time. And they split. Yeah. Now, how many days is he away? 
Uh, well, he's he doesn't hear that they're gone for three days. That's right. So they That's have right. been gone for three days before he realizes that they're gone, and he comes back and chases them down for seven. Yes, this becomes a very interesting thing to us. The idea that they are out of the place where he thought they would be for three days before he realizes gone. So on the third day is when Laban discovers, hey, Israel, well, Jacob at this point, so I had his <laughs> name changed. Jacob's not here. Yeah. Jacob's not here. He should be here, but he's not here. He's so we've got that. a three-day period. Bam. Right. No discovery that the one I thought was here uh, is not here. And that part isn't necessarily in the Exodus story. Right. It's not a three-day, the but there are three-day yeah. references in there. It just doesn't tell us that there were three days before Pharaoh realized they were gone. Right. There was it was because it certainly wasn't three days <laughs> right. before he realized they were gone. But there are other three day references, like you said, that are. That I think do it's just another clue. That it's just another clue. All these things have three day references in them, and so many of those throughout the Old Testament. This is just another one. Um, so now, when they the thing that Jacob doesn't know is what we see in verse nineteen, which is something that just gives said in a quick phrase there, yes. but it's becoming going to become very significant before right. the end of this chapter. And that is that Rachel doesn't want to leave without taking her dad's household gods with her. Right. Now these are gods she's been raised with. These are the ones she's seeding these right. gods sitting around the household for a long time. These little idols and gods that, mm -hmm. that, that Laban prays to, to. No doubt. So she no doubt. This is a normal part of her life. Yeah. This is what she's now. been connected to the whole time. Yeah. These gods. Not that she doesn't want to put some trust in and faith in this God that Jacob talks to, her husband talks mm -hmm. to, and obviously had has caused him to given them great increase. And she can acknowledge that. But why would you just settle on one God? I mean, she's got, she grew up with various gods. Right. Why would you just pick Which one and only stick with him? Uh -huh. uh, idea that we, we don't like to say that we do that, but we do. But the it's, fact is we do. You know, yeah. We still have things that we trust in on the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we trust God, but we also trust in, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. That's right. Um and and so as we we continue to talk about this story in its relation to Egypt, then we yes. think of the well the people when they left Egypt. Guess what? They didn't have they didn't leave all their syncretism behind, did they? Right. They had been probably involved in some worship of Egyptian gods. We're sure that and, I, it's, it just makes sense. And it when they get silly out, to think they were. They get to Mount Sinai, and Moses is up on the mountain, and mm -hmm. they build a golden calf. Mm -hmm. To represent God. Yes, Yahweh. To represent Yahweh. But they Yahweh. still don't understand. That they're really just blending right. worship together. Yeah. So, uh, and they grumble and want to go back and all kinds of stuff. But I feel like that's the same story here. She's taking yes. these little gods and she thinks it won't even be noticed. Yes. And, yes. Um, and like your deal. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's, it's the same thing that we do. We, whenever we first follow Jesus as he leads us out of our enslavement to Satan. Mm -hmm. So often we want to bring, we don't even realize we're doing it, but we're bringing with us a backup plan. These backup plans, <laughs> these things that we've been praying to trusting in for a long time. Right. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's the alcoholism that we don't want to give up yet. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's just 
pride in the fact that I still I still want to believe I can do most things by myself. But right. yeah, Jesus, I'd like to be with you too. Right. You know, and so whatever it is, but it's this way of sure, I want to escape this bondage that I'm in. Absolutely. Lead me home, Jesus. But then we're sure to take a few of these things that we've always kind of liked with right. us and always trusted. Ouch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So now we get to verse 25 and following. Now, whenever, well, 22 and following is where Laban hears or finds, discovers that Jacob is gone with the family. He's taken the family. He's taken everything that's his, which is by far the majority of the flocks and herds now that are his, that God has given to him. Right. And so they're gone. When Laban discovers it, Laban is quick to get out on the heels of Jacob. And it seems likely, I would say without question, it seems likely that his intent is to, if necessarily necessary, violently drag them back. Right. And but definitely uh, do something to Jacob and yeah. get his family and his herds back. Yes, that's what it certainly seems to be the case. But in verse 24, we're told God met Laban the Aramean in a dream by night and said to him, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. So in other words, you do not get to tell him what to do at all. When you reach him, you better leave him alone. And you better not tell Although him. it's kind of interesting because when you read it, he does say stuff too. Yeah, he has a lot to say, <laughs> but he doesn't force. Right. He never forces, <laughs> which I believe without question he would have otherwise. Yeah, I feel like yeah, he's, he's still he's got play to say. As much as he can without <laughs> going across the line. Yes, exactly. That's what it feels like. So he takes off after Jacob, but like we said, verse 25, he finally overtakes Jacob. And finds Jacob where he's pitched his tent. And the first thing he starts saying to him is, what have you done? You tricked me and drove, you know, you drove away my daughters like captives to the sword. Oh, Levon, they agreed to leave just a short time ago. They it's were interesting the that God said. had that written down in there, that we know that they agreed. Yeah, we know they were all and about going with their husband. Right. Yep. So why did you flee secretly and trick me? It says in verse 27 and didn't tell me so that I might've sent you away with mirth and yeah. songs and tabernacle. We, we could have had a big party. party. <laughs> it would have been a going away party. You would have right. loved it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. How deluded. Um, this is not at all what would have happened. You didn't even allow me to kiss my daughter's farewell. My, my sons and daughters, my green, you know, my grandkids, everything farewell. Um, and now it is in my power to do you harm, he says in verse 29, but the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good, bad. So I want you to know I could really hurt you if I wanted to over this, right. but your God came to me and made sure that I wasn't going to do that. But that's the only reason, because I could, I could sure take this out on you if I right. wanted to. I have the power to. But, but he is going to listen to God. He's not going to do anything about it. So now, though, now he, he is upset. Know, Why did you take my God? Yes. This is the one thing. Now, what, what he's going to, though, still determined to be upset about. Which it couldn't have been that many. Right. You would think. I mean, how many could it be? Right. I mean, well, from what maybe we're it could seeing be several, here, but so, no, it can't be several because he's yeah, going you're right. through all of their stuff now. Yeah. And and Rachel is sitting on And Rachel's going to sit on it. Whatever they, however Whatever many they talking. are, she's the, he's she is sitting on them, uh, on her on her saddle, basically mm -hmm. on top of the gods, and so 
Can't be that many, however many, uh, whatever it is, it's enough for her to hide while sitting on. So this is, but whatever it is, he is upset about it. He is terribly upset about it, and right. it's important to him. He searches everything. Jacob makes clear that if he finds it, whoever is found with those gods will die. Right. Now that's something, Jacob. You can tell Jacob has no idea what's right. going on here because there's he no way yeah. he would, yes, risk he the life Rachel. of right. Rachel. But that's what he says. And so Laban searches everything. And the only reason that he doesn't find him is because Rachel is sitting on him. And Rachel says, oh, when, when he comes to her tent mm -hmm. to search around, she says, oh, please pardon me for not being able to stand up in your presence because I'm uh, having the way of women right now. So in right. other words, I'm on, on my period right, right. now. And uh, this would not be a good <laughs> thing for me. And so he doesn't, you know, force her to stand excuse. up, but he right. searches everything. The gods aren't there. He never finds them. And then Jacob really gets angry in verse 36. Yeah. Jacob begins uh, berating Laban, my translation says, because he's saying, what in the world is my offense then? You can't find anything. I haven't done anything wrong. As a matter of fact, I was with you for 20 years in verse 38. And your ewes and female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams myself. Whatever got torn by wild beasts, I was the one who made up for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't expected to. Heat was on me every day. Cold was on me every night. Sleep was hard to come by. So 20 years, he says in verse 41, I've been in your house. I served you 14 years for your two daughters, six for your flock, and you've changed my wages 10 times. He keeps moving the bar. Yep. And that's exactly what Pharaoh did. Yep. You know, he just kept on... When they first got there, it was all good. Oh, well, come join us. Mm -hmm. You can have this land over here. And here's a great job for you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll provide jobs and place yeah. for you to live. Yeah. But then Pharaoh, there was a Pharaoh that came that finally didn't know Joseph. That's right. And he changes everything, you yes. know. Yes, changes and the And by the time we get to the story, yep. he's saying, oh, we'll make bricks without straw even. Mm -hmm. And yes, so it's the same thing. He just keeps changing what the requirements are. That's right. And that's left. It harder. Yes. And puts Jacob has put him in a very precarious position and feeling like he doesn't have any say anymore. But God rescues, rescues him out of this, calls him out of this. Now that they're face to face with each other and Jacob really lays it to him because Laban can't find anything uh, among his stuff. That's his own. And then Laban winds up answering Jacob that the daughters are my daughters. Verse 43, the yeah. children, my children, flocks are my flocks. All that you see is mine. But what can I do this day for my daughters and for the children whom they have born? So come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. Now, Laban is saying, well, everything here is actually mine, but I've been stopped from doing anything about it. So what can I do for my family? Well, at least let's make a covenant. He's basically saying, well, I can't do anything for anybody here. Can't take anybody back like I should. I mean, that seems to be what he's saying. It mm -hmm. seems to be kind of a, 
a whiny half threat. Right. Uh, he's still got so much pride. He still mm, thinks it's all his. Yeah. But I'll, you know, let it go this time. Yeah. But we got to make a covenant. But what we're going to do is we're going to make a covenant. Because he's scared of Jacob coming back and taking over. And probably Jacob's God. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so let's make a covenant between you and me that we'll be at, stay at peace with each other. You won't cross this line. I won't cross this line where this, and where this all pillar the people is set bring up. rocks and their witnesses. And yep. It's a big, build a big witness right. as it were a big, you know, Heap pillar, <laughs> uh, which is going to stand as a testimony to the fact of what was done here. So that you'll know every time you cross this place or every time he crosses, Laban crosses this place, they've gone too far. They should be keeping their distance from each other. And they're going to agree to just be peaceful with each other. Mm -hmm. They don't have to, Go right. this way. It's kind of a sad story because we really won't see Laban after this, and he's not going to see his daughters and yeah grandchildren again, as far as we know. As far as we know, we and, don't see that uh, happen. Yeah, it's very interesting that way. And then, and with the Pharaoh story in the uh, Exodus story, mm -hmm. we don't really have this covenant right. because when Pharaoh comes after them. He and his army are killed. Yeah, they're defeated because they do try and take matters right. into their own hands. They do try. They didn't have to die even that day. Pharaoh and his, I believe Pharaoh and his army did not have to die that day if they would have just left God's people alone. Right. But uh, but they do try and take matters into their own hands, and so they do die. Here, Laban just decides not to take matters into his own hands, makes this covenant of peace with Jacob. Hey, we'll just be at peace with each other, okay? We mm -hmm. won't do anything right. bad to each other. I have seen a very similar covenant made by Abraham with Abimelech in chapter 21, verse 22 through 34, and with Isaac made by Abimelech, probably another Abimelech, uh, in chapter 26, 26 through 33. Right. That sound very, they're, they're these, back yes. To those times. So now Abraham has done it. Isaac has done it. And Jacob has done it. All made covenants with men to say that in the future, we're going to be peaceful with each other. Our, the future generations, we're not going to do things that get on each other, that harm each other. The right. Are right. We can just live peacefully near one another. We'll get out of your way. But yes. We're live you, you be out here. of our way. We'll be out of yours. Right. Exactly. So, so we've, yeah, we've talked about how this story all harkens to the Exodus story. And you can see it's a clear uh, parallel here. Right. And also back to those stories with Abimelech and even with Pharaoh mm -hmm. in some ways. Yes. Abraham and Isaac's life. Right. But it also throws us forward, of course, to Jesus. Right. Because this is ultimately his story. Right. Exactly. And that... Uh, we have been his people. Mm -hmm. God's people have been taken captive mm -hmm. to the world. Yes. And Jesus has come and become our Passover lamb. And That's has, right. Uh, taken Married us in us. haste. Yes, yes. Out of the land and given us freedom. Yeah. And so this whole story is our story. Very much our story. Very much our story. And some of us have taken our household gods. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. All of us in some way didn't give, uh, all of us did in some way not give up everything whenever we started following Jesus. Right. But the great part is he, causes trouble he keeps later, helping yeah. us realize more and more that we have to give those up. 
and we will see even these household gods, even these gods will be given up by the time we get to Genesis chapter 35. But um, so beautiful chapter. And like you're saying, now we now we're seeing just the layers Mm -hmm. that are at work here. Um, Yes, it is Jacob's life. You see a story that sounds like another story mm-hmm. especially if it sounds like the exodus but yeah. any of those that this really is just out. god telling his he's only got one beautiful story to tell yes redemption yeah that's it it is it's yeah, over and over Jesus, and over and he just tells it over and over and over it's the only one worth telling yes right and so just keep your eyes open for that yeah so this is beautiful. Here we are, chapter 31 now at the end of 31. And it's it's just glorious what we're seeing here as far as the pictures that are being painted so that so that we're not going to miss when it does happen in an even bigger form. We'll be able to see it. Now we're going to start watching a little more in chapter 32. Now we've got a meeting with Esau coming up and how mm-hmm. are we going to prepare for that? So back to Esau. That's a, that's a big deal. The brothers will meet again. Yeah. I think we'll 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 see what's in there, but it's a boy. There's a strange story toward the end of chapter 32 that we're going to be focused on. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Thank you all for listening to us again. Another great time in the scriptures. You know how wonderful it is just to watch as God paints these pictures for us. So stay in it. Just read it. Look for details and let God bring out of it whatever kind of wonderful thing that He wants to show you. We really appreciate your attention. Like we said, share the podcast. Um, take a look at our donate page at eatscripture.com if you like. And we appreciate everything uh, that you do for us and all the encouragement you give us. God bless you all.